On this episode of Dare to Fade, we have Nate and Casey coming on. We'll be talking about the NBA All-Star Game, some of the MVP discussions, a little bit about college basketball as well. But as always, how I like to start the show, I really do enjoy making these bios about the guests. So we'll start with Nate. Uh, Nate is probably the biggest common factor at Indiana State for people starting uh, their sports betting career. I don't know if that's a positive or not. This man saw the silver spike coming four years ago. He's big, long on silver. And Nate's probably biggest characteristic is making poor financial decisions at the Valley on Friday and Saturday nights. Support small businesses. I'm all for it. That's what I like to hear. And then we have Casey. Uh, Casey is a part of this this exclusive club, uh, the reigning co-ed basketball intramural champions. Yes, sir. He's arguably the greatest intramural supervisor in Indiana State's history. Uh, he's also a licensed high school basketball official, uh, and he's starting to get a little bit of a dad bod from visiting the Valley a little too much as well. And uh, my thing I like to add about Casey is this man should be buying a Mike Evans jersey from the amount of money that man's won him from scoring the first touchdown of a game. Unbelievable. Hey, shout out Mike Evans, baby. And hey, for you dad bodders out there, you're not alone. I promise you. <laughs> means a lot. means a lot. Casey, how much money have you won off Mike Evans' first touchdown score? Ball I'm going to be honest with you guys. I mean, I don't, you know me, whenever, whenever I hit a big first touchdown, I, I don't like to throw it, throw it in the face. You know, I just feel like it's blatant disrespect, but if we're going to go combine Mike Evans and Mike <laughs> Adams, I mean, it's, it's probably past $800 in profit. No way. I, I, I wish I was joking. I really do. It, it hit a point to where the, we'd see who got the first touchdown or we were like, Damn, I bet Casey had an odds boost for that. And then two minutes later, every oh, single time, I don't want to brag, but I'm like, are you gotta be kidding me? It's like I don't want to brag. Here's another three hundred dollar win. Yeah, I, I mean, it was I, just I, sad at some point. Every other guy. I, I, it got to the point where I started to feel bad putting it in the group chat. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, this is this is just so tough. <laughs> Speaking of some crazy odds, what are your guys' thoughts on the MVP rates right now? LeBron James is the... LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. The favorite at plus 150, Embiid plus 350, Jokic plus 550, and Doncic plus 1100. Are those just not crazy odds right now for the performance everyone's been having this year? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's crazy for sure. I mean, Jokic, the man, went has come a long way from pounding two liters of soda, you know, <laughs> running around with those horses. I've seen him with, with the chariot. That gives me PTSD from betting on horses. But you know, all props to the guy. The guy just does it all. I mean, he's averaging see here twenty five, eight, and seven. I mean, he's like a point guard out there. He's so skilled, and he. I don't know if he, I don't know who's more important to a team, maybe besides LeBron than him. And then we look at Embiid here as well. He's averaging, I think, twenty-seven or excuse me, 30, 11, uh, 30 points, eleven rebounds. And he's shooting forty percent from three as That's seven crazy. footer. I mean, that it is, is absolutely ridiculous. And Philly, I mean, I believe they're number one in the Eastern Conference. They are. They've been absolutely killing it. And I just don't see anybody stopping him. He's like Shaq out here right now. So. Those two guys are absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not saying that LeBron's not killing it. LeBron's going to get his. But at the end of the day, I mean, 
I don't see how you can put LeBron over these two guys right now with what they're doing and how much they mean to their teams right now. So I think the odds, if you look at it right now, plus 350 for Embiid, plus 550 for Jokic. Here's the hill I'm going to die on. I'm listening. With the the NBA as it is right now, big men play is the least sexy thing ever. And the odds are just telling you it straight up. I mean, those numbers are ridiculous. But here's at the the end of the day, um, LeBron should be in the MVP conversation every year as a front runner. Now, this really depends on how you perceive what the MVP embodies, but let's be honest. If you drop LeBron James on any team in the NBA, he is more than capable of putting up these type of numbers, you know? So so is it crazy that LeBron is the MVP favorite right now? Sure. But, but when you really break it down, I mean, it, it shouldn't be all that surprising. All right. One, I don't know if I ever was expecting the league to come back to bigs being the front runner, front runners being the best part of the league. Like four or five years ago, Steph Curry was the best part of the league by far. And now we're talking Jokic and Embiid. And I just don't know if LeBron James deserves to be at plus 150. That's that's just saying even money. He, he, that's Vegas saying it's pretty much a guarantee he's going to get it at this point. And I just don't think his stats are that good. I mean, Luka Doncic is putting up better stats in every single category. His team's just not as good. His team's awful. So I think there's two main ways for people to win the MVP. It's put up the be-, be the best player in the league by stats, Russell Westbrook when he averaged a triple-double, or be the best player on the best team in the league, which is what Giannis did for the last two years. I don't think LeBron James has put up the best stats in the league because I think Luka's putting up better stats. I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's the best player on the best team because the Jazz are better in the West. I think the 76ers are better in the East. And without Anthony Davis, the Lakers have been bad lately. I think they've lost three or four. Five and five. Five and five in their last ten without him. Um, definitely shorter leaving, getting hurt as well is definitely killing him. But I'm all for the LeBron James slander. Um, oh, yeah. I love it. A, it big it time. Might be a big top. time. It might be tied even a little bit more to last night when I had them plus eight and a half and they got absolutely <laughs> waxed by the Jazz. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I agree that he should be in the conversation every year. He is one of the best players of all time, if not the best. I mean, he's right up there with MJ. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just I don't see how, you know, you see ADs out. And I just think, you know, having AD, just imagine if Jokic had AD with him. Or, oh, my gosh, um, yeah. yeah. It would I mean, be insane. I mean, Granted, he's got bubble Jamal Murray, but Jamal hasn't been playing that well this year. So. He's had one good game, and that's yeah. been it. Yeah, exactly. So just imagine if these guys had AD with them. Um, I think, I think, you know, then there, it might be a different argument. But I, I think they're the two um, front runners, and then I think LeBron in third. I'll, so let's, I'll uh, air. Oh, oh, okay, so let me let me get ahead, this then. quick yep, point yep, in real yep. fast. I'll air my bias real fast. Luka Doncic did win me a lot of money a couple nights ago, hitting that three against the Celtics. But, I mean, that man, Chris Epsporzingis, has been hurt all year. He's all not year. He's not been playing well. And the Mavs, they, start, they started really bad at the beginning of the year. But if you watch, Luka and Jokic are the exact same player. They run the point. They If, he, if they're on the floor, their team is drastically bad, like different. So I think that if you take LeBron off this team, have Anthony Davis, I still think they're going to make the playoffs in the West. Mm-hmm. But I, LeBron does elevate them to that two or three seed. I think they're third right now behind the Jazz they're and the Clippers. Right now. And here's the thing. If LeBron without AD for, let's just say it's a month, because that's realistically, you know, they said four weeks. <laughs> expect it to linger a little bit. Let's say it's a month. If LeBron can increase his output during that month and the Lakers solidify the two seed, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think he's the front runner in that conversation. 
Um, and and we we know LeBron can get his any night, you know, triple double. It oh just, yeah. It, it it depends on how much he wants it, you know. Um, I have I this, just have a I have I, a hard time distinguishing, like Embiid and Jokic, like they're just like obviously dominant big men, but like how do you how do you choose between the two? You know, I just I, I don't I don't know if we're in an era right now where uh, a big man is going to win the MVP. I I just don't think the big man play is popular enough despite yeah, the numbers. It's, it's definitely an unusual year, even with the eye poppy numbers there. But yeah, I feel like people just love to hop on the LeBron train, um, you know, and they're just accustomed to saying LeBron MVP every year, every year. And now that Jokic and Embiid are doing what they're doing right now, and and them being big man, it's like, oh, you know, what to think about it? And they don't even, I mean, they don't even know how to wrap their minds around it right now. And, and it, it's still pretty early, so we got plenty of time. We're gonna see how this shakes out, but. For me right now, it's definitely Jokic and Embiid. I love watching them play. Skill, oh, yeah. big man. Um, you know, they can even rebound. I mean, they rebound like crazy. But I mean, even Embiid, I think he's got like four assists. That's not bad for being a seven footer. Um, so I love watching them play, and they're the two uh, front runners for myself. All right, how is the baby face assassin Trey Young not in the All Star game? <laughs> this is the first player in thirty years. Or, yeah, the first player in 30 years and just the third player in NBA history to not be named an all-star game when averaging 25-plus points and nine assists. That's wild. He's putting up crazy stats, and it's just not getting any recognition right now. Yeah, no, I love watching him play offensively, but my God, if there's one guy I might be able to score in the NBA, <laughs> it, could, it could be Trey Young. I mean, the dude, does not, the dude can't play defense. He's got to be one of the worst defenders. Um, in the league. So offensively, yeah, those numbers are definitely eye-popping. And yeah, we're part of NBA history, um, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, well, but who are you going to take off that Eastern Conference squad? Or, I mean, even just open it up in general. Um, who would you take off as an all-star and replace with Trey Young? I just don't know where that is as far as point guards because East, Eastern Conference is kind of loaded there. It is loaded. And I mean, you know, the defensive problems over in Atlanta are far from just Trey Young. I mean, good Lord, they give up they gave up points like it's nobody's business, but yeah. you know, let's, let's transition to the disrespect that big men are getting in the MVP conversation. They're getting disrespect in the all-star conversation as well. My man, DeMontis Sabonis, oh, man. he is led. The, the Pacers should not be a 500 team right now. Let's be absolutely real with ourselves. TJ Warren, Karis LeVert. Oh. The score. Oh, oh, dude. Did, did I say TJ Warren? Oh, no. Whoa. Oh, no. That, that name is not allowed on this podcast. I, thought, I, I yeah, forgot I thought it was blacklisted. Oh, my God. For, I, I, for the listeners at home, uh, Nate lost uh, a quite sizable chunk of change on TJ Warren. Was it 50 points he scored in the bubble? Uh, 53. 53 points, uh, Philadelphia. They were playing the Pacers. Uh, don't get me started. I'll make it <laughs> Philadelphia was playing the Pacers right last like a parlay. I mean, this is easy money. I mean, Philly's like minus 250 beforehand, right? I don't even know why I threw him in there. Then that Malcolm Brogdon's not playing, right? That's nice. Sabonis was out with a foot injury. I already knew that. Um, who else? My, I think Miles Turner was playing, yeah. Um, but they might have been missing. I think they were missing Jeremy Lamo as well. So they basically had... TJ McConnell. I mean, <laughs> Who's a I mean, dog? Really. Yeah, Miles Turner, who is seven foot and loves staying around the three point line. Um, and TJ the Goat Warren, unfortunately, dropped 53 points and blew the 10 point lead that Philly had with six minutes left. 
and I missed out on I think seventeen hundred dollars. So. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to talk to my therapist about for a while about that. <laughs> that. That's always tough. Brings up PTSD every time. He was never allowed to come to my apartment. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I I messaged him on Instagram. I said, "You're never allowed over here." He didn't respond, but he did see it. He saw it. He read it. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. Well, it definitely well when it. When it comes to being Nate's uh, therapist for gambling losses, it's a kind of a collected collected effort between all of us. You know, we yeah. we spread the love a little bit there. So a small forward that shall not be named. Uh, you know, even though it's completely obvious at this point, Thank Karis Levert. That's you. forty points per game in scoring output. Realistically, yeah, that is just not there. And the pace and the Pacers are five hundred. Yeah, they're and Demontis Sabonis is the only reason behind that. Uh, the numbers are there. Uh, it just goes back to my original point. Big men play is not sexy. Oh, um, no. Exactly. I mean, Devontae Sabonis, he plays just like Zion Williamson does, just not as athletic and not as small. So Sabonis just left hand, just power dribbles, little power up every single time. It's unguardable. It's not fun to watch, but it's very, very effective. Not at all. Not at all fun to watch. But, man, do we love him here in Indy. Yeah, yeah we, def- we definitely love him. I mean – Shout out to PG. You know, we got rid of him for Sabonis, and now Oladipo's gone, but we got our boy. Oh, that's, that's, that's a name we can't it. talk about. Yeah, the, the jersey. I forgot about that oh. one. But no, I, I don't feel bad about your $70 jersey. No, I, I take it. You got to buy those off from China websites. Yeah. Oh, Ali Express. We'd like to take this time to talk about one of the sponsors on this show, Ali Express. You can get a jersey for like 40 bucks. Good quality stuff right there. But we're going to move on and talk about the guys that I had in mind here. Bam, Bam from the Heat. I always mispronounce his name, and I have a little bit of speech issues, so I'm just going to leave it at Bam. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys know. hope you guys watch Heat basketball. Um, but he's the only guy beside Giannis averaging 19, 9, and 5. He's very athletic. Uh, my issue is I couldn't really find a guy to replace him, and then, you know, he, he's definitely he's definitely worthy of being on the team. But I just couldn't find a guy to replace him. But that's definitely an, an argument you can make because he is um, a contender for that that snub spot there. But I'm looking at Sabonis here. He's the first player to uh, average 20, 10, and five in the history of M- the NBA and not make an All Star team. That's and wild. I, just think, I, I mean, yeah, we're talking about Trey Young here over here. But Trey Young can't guard, so I don't feel you know as crazy about that stat as I do Sabonis because Sabonis plays solid defense. And you know, if we're gonna talk about Snub, we gotta talk about who he's gonna re- who he'd replace. Um, it's a little bit close here, but I would say he's got to replace Vucevic. Um, I'm sure I definitely messed that uh, last name, but up up, but it's all good. The guy that Vucevic, plays for the Magic. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sabonis should definitely be on there over yeah, here. No I mean, question. No oh, question. especially after he blew a rebound prop for me the other day. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, he's averaging 24 and 11 there. It seems 13 and 19. And you, I, when you factor in the win-loss ratio and then the stats, the stats are somewhat comparable. He's averaging, I think, two points more than Sabonis but, and the same amount of rebounds. But uh, Sabonis has six assists. And he's absolutely getting beaten to the ground with how many minutes he um, has to play as well. And he's got his teams at a, team at a 500 record, and they're missing two st- uh, starters. I just don't see how Sabonis doesn't replace Vucevic here. But at least our boy D Book made it um, because of the AD yes, injury. Because that would have drove me absolutely nuts, averaging 24, four and four. Oh, he's incredible 20, to watch. Twenty to ten record. I mean, the dude's been absolutely killing it. Used to, the argument used to be. Well, D book's good, but the Suns aren't good. And then the Suns go twenty and ten, and this dude doesn't make it. 
Yep. So I, I mean, that's the problem with all star voting. It's all over the place. Um, so the system is broken. So so to fix this voting, I have this. I've had this debate for a while. I I have kind of two train of thoughts. One, I don't think the popular vote should even matter for this. I don't think the it, the everyday NBA fans gonna remove their bias and vote for a player they actually think is yeah. gonna make it. And two, exactly. I don't think the media. Sh- I'm just not a big fan of the media actually having a vote on this. I would love a coach or a GM only vote for the All Star game. What do you guys think about that? I agree. I mean, when you see Alex Caruso, I mean, that dude is kind of the goat with that uh, hairline <laughs> over there. <laughs> but, I mean, my God, when you see him in, like, the top or like top 15 for voting, it's like, I mean, this has to be. I mean, it's funny at first, but then you legit see it picking up steam. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, and then I'm, you, I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me, right? I mean, it's, if, it's if he makes it, then why didn't the goat Brian Scalabrini make it back in the day? That's true. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. Every, so. every time you get on Twitter, you just see the Bleacher Report just retweet some picture of – uh, Caruso just dunking the ball and it's oh, oh the great white hope or something like that. It's like yeah. this guy is not good. He's not Larry Bird. That 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 is definitely the case. But I, I think the NBA keeps it this way just to get NBA fans more. Engaged. Oh yeah, they're the um, best. They're, they're the best. Uh, oh, you can go, Casey. No, no, go ahead. I mean, they're by. I think we're at the same point. They're by far the best at engaging their yep. fan base, and it's not even close. Yep. Um, as much yep. as I like that system, something that resonated me. I think Chris Carter was on the Pat McAfee show, and he was talking about how uh, previous Hall of Famers kind of dictate who gets in uh, each year. And I'd love to see, you know, old All-Stars from, like, the 80s and 90s have an input. Because, um, you know, talk about knowing the game of basketball and knowing what it takes to be an All-Star. Like, they've been there, done that. And so what if they had a portion of the, that vote, along well, with maybe the GMs and coaches? One person I don't think that I would really respect their opinion on modern-day talent would be Michael Jordan. That man is awful at picking out talent. I, I mean, mean, look, yeah, look I mean, at the horns. No kidding. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Hey, he hit, hit on Lamelo though. That he did. He did. It. He's like what, one for fifteen, one for twenty. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I, I could make these. I could do better than Michael Jordan yeah. being the GM. As, as much as we want to diss on the Hornets right now, and this kind of goes back in the Bam conversation, I'd like to just highlight the Eastern Conference standings right now. Charlotte is in seventh. Miami, Boston, and the New York Knicks are tied for eighth place. Yeah. Miami and Boston. These are two teams that last year we were talking about contending for the Eastern Conference. I don't uh, get it. He won the Eastern I, I don't. I just don't understand what is going on in the Eastern Conference right I now. Mean, like, which, when you look one, at the standings, it's baffling. Which one uh, baffles you more, the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics? For me, it's the Celtics. I agree. I have to agree. I mean, they, they got absolutely trounced last night by the Hawks. I mean, they were down 23 and a half. I'm like, dude, this was minus two before the, before the start of the game. I was like, what am I looking at? This has to be a lock. And then thankfully I got I got my focus off something else and I did not hammer it like I thought I was. I think the biggest uh, issue with yeah, the it, Celtics, it the Celtics, they just don't play team basketball, in my opinion. It's every, it's, they alternate who gets the ball. It's either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And then they yeah. just take, they just play one-on-one and it's not, they're not playmakers. They're like they're great scorers. Like I'm not gonna knock Tatum and Brown. I've watched Absolutely. a lot of Celtics, but they are just not good facilitators. And they just don't have a lot of role players to be like they don't have a lot of shooters on the floor. Like Tristan Thompson and Daniel yeah. Thice, Tice, whatever his last name is. Those are not great, great, not great big guys in the league. So I just think their their dynamic of their team is just not built for the modern day NBA. I definitely agree with that. I mean, we're seeing a lot of ISO ball um, from him, and that's why we're getting a lot of Kemba Walker slander right now because Kemba's not really he's not uh, doing anything that offense like he should right. be. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're seeing 
you know, some Kyle Lowry trade rumors right now for the for the Celtics. Ooh, I would actually I think I'd actually like that. Yeah. And Philadelphia. So I, yeah, and, and Philly. Um I'm not sure what Philly would give up, but I think the Celtics probably give up Kimba and I'm sure they could package somebody else. They got some younger guys there. But yeah, I I mean I hate watching the Celtics because it is just one on one ball yep. and they can do that. But it's not efficient. It's not going to be consistent enough. You know, if one guy has an off night, well, it's not going to work that night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping they make a trade and uh, switch things up a little bit there. Yeah, I think we could probably talk NBA basketball for the next four <laughs> hours if we wanted to. Um, <laughs> but we're all big Colts fans here. We love our Indy, our oh, hometown yeah. pride. Oh, all right, Carson Wentz to the Colts. Right. One question. Does this move the needle? Does this make the Indianapolis Colts a legitimate Super Bowl contender? The answer is, does it move the needle? Yes. Does it move the needle enough to win the AFC? I absolutely don't think so. Here's the thing. As all of us are Colts fans, obviously, anything Chris Ballard does, like, we just think it's absolute gold, right? Yeah. Um, You know, everything we've seen leading up to this point, when it, especially like, you know, the first offer was the last offer, Ballard wasn't going to budge in terms of what he's giving up for Carson Wentz. Like, I just ate that up when I heard that. That is just kind of everything we've always pictured Chris Ballard to be. It's an alpha um, move. It is. It is an alpha move. And that is what I, I've been saying it all offseason. You know, if he doesn't think he can get what he wants out of a quarterback in a trade during the offseason, we're just going to draft one see how it goes. Um, if, if Chris Ballard thinks this is, the, this is the direction we should go, I am in total full support. But I, I'm a little worried about – I know we've got a great offensive line, great running game. But great defense. Who, who, like, aside from Paris Campbell, with the question of T.Y., like, I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. I know I've heard Ertz and potential trade uh, rumors coming to Indy. Uh, I, I don't know. Pittman I, over there, Hines. Pitt, Pittman's a dog, and I think Paris Campbell, if he could ever have a healthy year, would mm-hmm. do wonders for us. Um, it, here's the thing. If, if Wentz doesn't get it done – Year one, I, I I don't think it's ever going to work out. Yeah, um, this is. I, I I think everything's lining up right now. Um, if you yeah. are if you are a listener and you have any common sense logic, just don't listen to this part where I'm about to say. <laughs> I really wanted Jameis Winston to go to the Colts. Like I'm oh, not even no. I'm not even oh. joking. Could you imagine Jameis Winston in that blue Colts yeah. uniform every Sunday, just going back there yeah, and I just can... slinging? I would love it. The only, th- the only thing I can imagine when you say that is the other team running back with the <laughs> yeah, ball toward the end zone. And I saw enough of that with Phillip Rivers and watching that ugly arm motion. Dude, so Phillip Rivers, Rivers has a new door. I'm glad he's out for the Colts. Like He was good for oh. the one year we needed him. He did not move the needle for us to beat. I mean, he, we still almost beat the Bills, but that wasn't because of him. Yeah. I but, mean, he's got, he's got 20 kids to take care of, so... I'm, I'm, he's I'm a full-time dad. Dude, his, his, his tax credit with those kids, this could be pretty high this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, those COVID credits, man, he, he's not going to have to pay any taxes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so here's but for me, does future Hall of Q, uh, you, I mean, I'm, I'm too fired up about this Carson Wentz move. I mean, we're talking about a future Hall of Fame quarterback here. <laughs> I, 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 I can't Future lie. Hall of I Famer? Mean, wow. we're, we're, okay, okay, maybe – I Maybe thought my take was bad. If you're looking at his resume right now, he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about the future, and I'm a big futuristic guy. So we're talking about a 28-year-old 
killer over here. The dude is going to absolutely kill it. I mean, granted, okay, the Eagles took the biggest cap hit of $33.8 million <laughs> in the NFL. And does that worry me? Eh, a little bit. It worries me a little bit, but I just think the Eagles may be just dumb. I mean, they gave up on their Hall of Fame quarterback, like I said. I mean, we're talking about it. Behind a great offensive line, granted, the, one of the bigger needs, they need a left tackle. But I still feel yeah. pretty good about that. We got Big Q up there. Um, you know, we can find that left tackle in free agency. We can find him in the draft. Overall, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Without and, a doubt. W- yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it, 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 I love watching Jonathan Taylor who will honestly probably be a top five running back, and that's not that bold of a statement, next year. Then we got Hines in there. Um, Jordan Wilkins can mix it up a little bit, too, every now and then. And, then, yeah, the wide receivers worry me a little bit. We got Pittman out there. We got, is T.Y. Hill going to come back? I hope he doesn't, but we'll see. <laughs> the legs just aren't there anymore, but you know, he's, he's been great. So we're looking at Pittman. We're probably looking at Paris Campbell. That is, if he can actually stay healthy before a game even starts. Um, and then we're looking at free agency. I mean, we've heard maybe Allen Robertson. We heard they might splurge on Chris Godwin. We heard now we're hearing maybe Rondell Moore might be coming in uh, the draft. So if they get another weapon there, maybe, a, like I said, maybe one of those guys or maybe even a Curtis Samuel, then I feel really good about it. And then we heard maybe Zach Ertz. I mean, we have a lot of weapons to work with, and he has a pretty good defense. I mean, when he was playing with the Eagles, Pretty good no defense. Weapons. That's an understatement. Yeah, school's yeah, defense well, is tough. Yeah, well, once we had Adam once we had to add a pass rusher and figure out that cornerback situ- situation there, it's going to be even better. But um, for now, I think they're going to add some weapons here. I think they need to go out, all out, all out. Excuse me. Sorry, speech problems. Are <laughs> <laughs> they need to go all out, get a pass rusher there, uh, figure out the cornerback situation. Um, can they get a receiver? Maybe in the draft, free agency. Are they going to splurge, left tackle? I mean, when he was with um, the priest, Thank Frank uh, there. Like I said, I would butcher his last name, so I'm not going to start that. But uh, he had 33 touchdowns, 78.5 QBR rating, which is 18.7 higher than the rest of his career. And he's got a great offense line with weapons. I see this working out great, and I think the Colts are going to splurge this offseason unlike they usually do, and it's gonna be, they're going to be all in. So I'm all, I'm all for it, especially for what they gave up there. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to some of uh, Nate's stats for Carson Wentz. I'll, I'll cherry-pick the stats. I don't care. 2017, <laughs> his MVP season, arguably, before he got hurt, 13 games he played, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and pretty much 3,300 yards. That's a pretty good season. If he can bring that to Indy, I mean, they'll be Super Bowl contenders. But I'm willing, I'm willing to bet right now, I bet he puts up the very, very, very comparable numbers to Noodle Arms Rivers. Because so I just think they're going to run the ball a lot. I, I think it's definitely going to be a run-heavy offense. But I think, you know, when it comes up to uh, Noodle Arm Rivers, that's, that's cold-blooded, that's man. That have, you, cold-blooded. Have, you, have you watched that man throw the ball 30 yards? I can't. I can't. It doesn't. It just it's, floats in the air. Thirty it's, yards it's, to the other team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it looks like he's hitting a pop fly out there. I mean, it's it is very bad. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna slander. I'm not gonna slander him. He he was good for the Colts, but he just didn't move the needle for me. Like I think I'm hoping Carson Wentz does because I miss when the Colts used to be this just heaven gold mine of uh, quarterbacks because we went Manning, yeah. Luck, 
Uh, Pat McAfee, I think, for one play. Um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm all right, Nate. You convinced me. Carson wins future Hall of Famer. Oh heck yeah! So does that mean you're gonna make a futures bet with me, Gonzaga Nets and the Colts? Thirty for fifteen thousand dollars. Is that is that what you're gonna do? Um, we we can talk about that off air. We can talk about that <laughs> off air. No, what what really hurt me though is when they showed the measurables um, compared to Andrew Luck, and they were all pretty similar. And just you know, I, I would rather have the book reading Andrew Luck um, over this, but I'll take Carson Wentz, and that's great. Can, can we all can we all share our time. story? Can we all share our story? We all have one. Where were you when the news broke that Andrew Luck retired? Uh, I was in the middle of a fantasy football draft, and I I think it was probably the seventh round of an auction draft. Somebody had spent like twenty five dollars on him. I mean, we were all absolutely <laughs> heartbroken, but that was even more tough. Yeah. I was I was just driving back with the old gal. We just got some food, and she says, who's Andrew Luck? I said, why is he on your feed? And she said, uh, I think he just retired. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Oh. It destroyed me for the rest of the night. Yeah, no, it, it was a tough night. I was I think I was just chilling in my room watching uh, Korean basketball or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, honestly, okay. honestly, Nate. What is the yeah, what yeah. is the bet you are most addicted to betting on the team? Is it Korean oh, basketball or what god. is it? Oh my god! It used to be Korean basketball. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, I, what, what was the team you used to bet on? You know, they started looking similar. <laughs> I, it wasn't really. It would just be like, "What's on? It, what's on?" But I started picking up on the team. I started picking up on the players. Um, but one night, there was just one night, and. Um, I, I, you know, I was, I was getting hot and I was getting hot. And this was the week I, I was up like 600, 700 bucks. And, you know, Baltimore could beat the Patriots for an extra 700, but we're not going to talk about that. So I started to recoup a little bit of, you know, potential profit, right? So I throw about $300 on Korean basketball. Oh and, my uh, gosh. Oh my goodness. I had a few brewskis in me and, uh, I, uh, I lost all of it. Apparently they don't like the over, um, in Korean basketball, but I just couldn't get myself back down there. But for, for me... I mean, I, I wrote this um, down yesterday, and, and it, it cannot be more true. Betting North Carolina basketball. I mean, I have been a diehard fan of UNC for uh, maybe 15 years now, probably. Watch every game. And, and by now, me watching every game should know, don't bet on them. I need to put it in my family, <laughs> my, my bookie, my MGM, my uh, DraftKings, all the books that I have, I need to put – do not let me bet a North Carolina basketball. Because I tell you what, I might not be able to get into the school of North Carolina, but if they would have hit the last leg of my parlay half the times that they were supposed to, I could afford to go to school there. And, that, and I'm telling you, last night could not be more true. I mean, nine and a half point favorites against Marquette, right? I mean... I have so many stories. I, you know, it just fires me up. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting PTSD over here. Um, but nine and a half point favorites. Last league of the parlay, I'm throwing them in minus four hundred. Why not? I'm gonna watch the game, right? Last <laughs> league of parlay. Oh, big money check cash out. No, I'm not cashing out. I'm gonna cash out. We, we don't, we don't believe in cashing out on this parlay. And, yeah, it's not, and, uh, not an option. And unfortunately, they were down sixteen at halftime, right? So that's kind of tough. But to me, that meant. A double down and then triple down. These odds are too good to be true, and uh, they never, they never recovered. Yeah, they recover will stress nine. you out more. Yeah, 
Nothing will stress you out more than watching Nate Crick double down six times during a basketball game. I mean, yeah. it is not uncommon at all. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> it's just like you think they're going to win, and then you, you just think that then you think they're going to win, but then they don't win. You know, it looks like they might not gonna, they're might not going to win. And then it's like, well, you think they can cover this. And it's like, well, no, they have to cover this. And then it's like, well, I'm going to lose these three other bets. But if I triple down the amount. I can make my money back. Bets, I can make my money back. But then it's like, okay, that one just hit. And it's like, okay, it's all out time. My last bet, right? I already got a ton of bets. And then you see North Carolina bet, North Carolina bet, North Carolina bet. And they all lose, so it's a, it was a tough night last night. I'm not gonna lie, them and IU basketball just really kill me. And shout out to LeBron James, not gonna win the MVP because <laughs> they did not cover plus eight and a half, man. <laughs> ben, I think yeah. there's some merch opportunities there. With I think I can win my money back. <laughs> just a shirt. Yeah, he just dash Nate Crick. <laughs> you know, I, just I like had, uh... paste his face on it, or maybe like you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I talked. I talked talk to the hotline last night. Now that you guys bring it up again, I think I'm at the dollar one eight hundred whatever. I can't remember. It's on speed dial it's, for me. It's one eight hundred gambler. This uh, this segment's yeah. actually sponsored by one eight hundred gambler. Uh, please gamble responsibly, and if you cannot, just uninstall the app. But speaking of more bets, I'm addicted to. Uh, Chris Stapps sporting his first basket. Have you guys watched the Mavs play? Every single game, yeah. they run a pick and pop with Chris Stapps at the top of the key. And you know how many times he's made that shot this year when I've bet on it. <laughs> Zero. He is 0 for 5. I've lost Dude. so much money betting on that man scoring on the first basket. Him, him and Luke on my fantasy team, so I definitely feel for you. That man just looks lost. And then run the pick and roll, and it's like, it's too good to be true, and then he just shanks it. Yeah. And then uh, for the listeners at home, if you have FanDuel, I believe it's every Tuesday, oh Thursday. Don't do it. Don't Bleacher, don't Bleacher Don't Report, oh. two threes in the first three minutes. Even oh odds, plus 100. I have no. bet on this thing every single time. It is an electric bet. <laughs> no, it's not. It is also the most anxiety-inducing bet by far. I mean, I can count way too many times where it's just coming down the last 20 seconds, and I'm just sweating it out. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, some say it's electric. Some say don't touch it with a 20-foot wooden pole. Uh, we'll let the listeners decide on that one. Uh, wow. I, yeah, I, I'm I not think, a fan of that bet. I'm pretty sure I'm like too... And fourteen on this bet. I'm usually I'm usually pretty hammered on a Thursday, so I'm like, you know, two threes in the first three minutes. Let's do it. And I text Ben, and he sa- and I say, did it hit? <laughs> and he says no. And then then I'll see Ben text in the group message, three point uh, bet. Let's go. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because I didn't bet on it this time. I mean, I hate yeah, that bet. Yeah, I'm still probably gonna bet on it. They but, usually so. do two games uh, every Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, somehow Nate has actually bet on every single one that's lost. Like, I think it's only lost, like, four or five times. It's it's impressive. Like, if you bet on every single time, you'd be up, like, 15 units or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what, the last eight have hit? I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, I almost, I almost shed a tear, because I was like, well, this is ridiculous, because I haven't won one of these things. Yeah, Nate's struggling on that one, but, uh, yeah, if you want to ride that with me, that is my favorite bet in sports. <laughs> Kate, Casey, what is your favorite bet? I'm going to be honest. I mean, we already talked about my little first touchdown thing. I'm not as big on the first basket. I don't know why. I don't, I, <laughs> Does, know, doesn't get the juices flowing for you? It really it really does. It just, it's just over and it's done. You know? <laughs> the, fir- the first touchdown, you really have to sweat it out for a good 20 or 30 minutes. So, you know, if you're, if you're lacking the exercise like me, you know, it's, a little, it's some good cardio. At least you're sweating <laughs> some calories out. But, you know, I, I think my since we're not having a football, right? We've got a little college football going right now. 
But uh, I've been hammering the Vegas Golden Knights lately, and if you're not on a futures bet for the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup, I'm just, to be honest, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. Um, They are currently leading their division right now, um, and they've played like four less games than the Blues who are in second. Just absolutely dynamic on the ice, and I'll tell you what, uh, I haven't been much of a hockey guy uh, before this year, but it is just absolutely thrilling, man. Just watching people slam into each other on the ice, uh, listen to Pat McAfee talking about his Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, it's just entertaining as all get out. Yeah, me and Dan have watched a lot of hockey this year in the apartment. The Wild are a surprisingly fun team to watch, but I'm, I'm a loyalist to uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Go Bolts. Love that team. Hopefully they can win it all again this year. That'd be a fun Stanley Cup. I don't know if that's possible. I'm I'm still memorizing the divisions and all that, but uh, that would be a good time. Yeah, I absolutely have zero idea if they could play each other, but I'm rooting for that. We could watch it together, have a have a good time, you know, get with the I'm boys. Down to, I'm down to bet some hockey. I mean, I listen to Pat McAfee podcast, so I guess my team's the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's, it's the Penguins, right? Yeah. Sid the, it is the Penguins. Yep. Sid the Kid Crosby. I mean, yeah, Sid the Kid that, Crosby. That was a heck of a guess, Nate. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking Pittsburgh, and I was like, what sounds good with this and what sounds good? And I was like, Penguins. I mean, he's the only guy I know in the league. I mean, how good are they, Casey? Do you know anything about them? I mean, they're they're very mediocre. I'm gonna be honest with you. Aren't they like uh, slightly above average? Well, that is mediocre, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mediocre I, is everything with me, so I'm all for betting on that, man. <laughs> I got the, the underdog, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So go, Sid the Kid Crosby, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are gonna win it. Uh, the the NHL championship this year. I think, I, I think you're looking for Stanley Cup, Nate. Stanley oh, that's Cup. Would Wait, that's what I think of it. So I think of it. So I think of something else on the fly. Good thing this is not a hockey podcast. Nate doesn't no, win no, enough no. to know what the championships mean. You know, like it's it's Whoa. just like like get, like even getting past the first round yeah, yeah. in a gambling analogy is just S- it's just says, uh, strange uh, territory to him. Says the man that won a hundred bucks because I helped you out last week because <laughs> I bet on the two heavy favorites to win because <laughs> you guys asked me and of course the two heavy favorites lost because I bet on them and you won a hundred bucks off. <laughs> so Plus I want to see a little baby. bit more. I want to see a little bit more appreciation and gratitude from you, Casey Phillips. I mean, why are we talking about NHL? Let's talk about the sleeper pick for March Madness because I am totally fired up about it. Ben, what are you thinking there? So I was really hoping you guys could carry this segment. I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I think the officiating is very questionable most of the times. Just whoa, gets, whoa, it just, time whoa, whoa, time out. <laughs> no. Are you going to slander yeah. the boys? Are you kidding me? Nothing's more questionable than watching Casey Phillips wow. ref a bunch of 10-year-old kids. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen more fans be angry about a traveling call than watching Casey Phillips call it. I mean, heck, at times, I was even fired up. I was getting out of my seat. I was just there for the heck of it, and I was like, this dude sucks, and I was, like, in it with the rest of the parents and everything. And it was fun. I, I was hoping he'd throw me out, but he didn't. Unfortunately, hey, boys, I am. Throw him out. I am forever team respect the patch. All right. Okay. Uh, 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 can I recant? Can I recant? Uh, I will. I'll give you that opportunity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, watching college basketball in undisclosed position makes me sometimes upset with their decision making. I'll just leave there it at it that. Um, 
I haven't watched a lot. I've watched West Virginia come back and beat Oklahoma State down like 20. Oh, don't say that. West Virginia, this team, they fly around. They play hard. They trap. They press. They've got grit. And if you know me, I love grittiness. So I really don't know anything about the team except for I'm going to pick them probably at least the lead eight. Maybe make them sleeper pick to win it all. I don't know. Wow. I like it. I really do. They are very fun to watch, I will say. The fast pace. You don't, you don't see a whole lot of teams just, like, get up and down the full-court defense, like, day in and day out. And West Virginia has a history of the program of doing that. They are very fun to watch. And, you know, depending on how, how good of a draw they can get, um, you know, if they can play some good teams with some suspect guard play, they could definitely make some noise. Nate, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I love this pick. Honestly, West Virginia wasn't the first one off uh, the top of my head, but I, I, love <laughs> I love it because I was going for some crazy odds. But I loved watching West Virginia this year. I mean, Bob Huggins is a great coach. They're always known for being scrappy and being really good at defense. And now this is arguably the best offensive team he's ever had. I mean, they got a big, big boy in Culver over there. Not a great free throw shooter. I, I learned that because I bet the over and he missed free <laughs> not giving that over. But that's, I mean, that's not a big deal. But they have a lot of guards that are really good, quick, and they play great just all around defense. So I'm all for it. I think they're a great team. I think it's a great sleeper pick. But for me, I was thinking more like crazy odds, you know? Um, so for me, I'm a big Tennessee volunteer fan. So what about plus 4,000? Five for 200. I mean, Tennessee has been disappointing this year. The talent is there. They got two five-star freshmen uh, forwards there. They got a five-star from last year, and they got one of the best defenders in the country. Granted, they just haven't been playing up to expectations. They've been good. They've been bad. They've been good. They've been bad. It's just inconsistent. But if they can find some consistency, I believe this is a top-five team right here in Tennessee. And five for 200 profit at plus 4,000, those are good odds of me, and I'll take a chance on that. Then we look at Duke, plus 12,000. I mean, we didn't even think they were going to make make it to the tournament a while back. But I think Jalen Johnson leaving the team has actually helped the team, not for personal issues, but just it has helped space the floor. Matthew Hurt, their power forward, has more spacing. He can he can uh, get out he can get out to the three point line. They inserted their big seven foot freshman. He's been absolutely dominating the boards lately. Plus 12,000, 5 for 600. They've been playing great as of late. They're going to make the tournament, I believe. Then we look at UNC. I put this in before I watched oh them play last night. I was so fired up, dude. They beat Louisville. But I don't remember the exact score, and I or I don't remember the exact score, so I don't want to. You can oh, just make it up. You can just it, make it, it up. Was, it was I, like a forty burger. I remember. Yeah, it was like a forty burger, but I didn't want to say the score and then mess up the, uh, the math in my head, and then everyone <laughs> can't do math. <laughs> everyone's stupid. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Nate, yeah. I've, I've on, got to man. stop you here, Nate. I mean, no, as no, your no, part, no, 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 As your part-time you gambling <laughs> therapist, I, no. you're, you're doing the UNC thing again. I just I can't see you out. You're a relapse. I got to. I know it's a relapse, but just let me continue. Please, please. Don't worry, they're gonna win the Nets back. <laughs> I promise you, they play FSU Saturday, and we're talking about a big upset. But that's besides the point. We got them at plus eleven thousand odds, and you know the way I think about it. Yeah, they looked terrible last night, but you know what that means? The odds are gonna be better. So even more problem. So it was five for five fifty. Now after watching them play last night, it should probably be plus twenty two thousand. So it might be eleven hundred. But just keep in mind. They have one of the best front courts in the nation. They got four legit big boys. 
that can absolutely dominate the glass. Now, what they're looking for here, they got a shooting guard. That's a great – well, all teams have a shooting guard, right? But no, not this <laughs> shooting guard. Not this shooting guard. This kid is basically Ray Allen out there. He can, he can catch heat like no other. So it really comes down. Can their point guard and their small forward catch fire? And I think if they can, they have a legit sh- shot because of the big guys. So take UNC. And then the more closer picks, Illinois at plus 1,400. Uh, they got a big boy there, and they got a great point guard and some depth. And then FSU as well because they have great depth as well. So those are my picks. Also, Oklahoma State, even though they lost a lot of money. And I know that's like 10 teams. But just place a bunch of bets. There's nothing wrong with it. you got to hit at least one of them, right? All right, Casey, wrap us up. Yeah, I mean, to bounce off that, I like the Illinois pick at plus 1,400. I also like the Iowa pick at plus 1,600. Those are two Big Ten teams that are, you know, battle-tested in a tough Big Ten conference this year and could really make some noise depending on where they're at in the bracket. Uh, And then my far-out pick, I promised myself I wasn't going to do this. I feel like Nate right now. But I've got to take a flyer on Kansas at plus 4,000. They have, I I mean, by far in college basketball this year, I have lost the most money on them. Uh, But they're just too talented to not make any noise in the tournament. Yes, they have lost a lot of close games this year, uh, but they've been mostly on the road. Uh, I think a neutral site could play play a factor there. Again, another team that's really tough and battle-tested in the Big 12 that has also been really tough right now. Um, I, I don't know. I could definitely see Elite Eight potential from Kansas in the right situation with the right bracket. Yeah, but if, if we are, if we are going to pick a team, because it looks like it's going to be Baylor and Gonzaga, for me personally, it's Gonzaga all the way. I've seen both both teams play. I'm wearing my Zags hat right now. I'm all I don't Gonzaga. Know. It's part of my futures bet. Gonzaga or Baylor pick. I mean, you got if you got to pick, who's it going to be? All right, Nate's on Gonzaga. That means I'm hammering Baylor. I am also. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, Baylor did uh, barely beat Iowa State the other night, who has not won a game in the conference by five points. So that makes sense. And Baylor or Gonzaga uh, beat San Diego Tech or whatever. <laughs> San Diego by thirty, Tech. man, by thirty, brother. I mean, yes, the conference <laughs> sucks, but they won by like thirty, dude. Gonzaga all the way. If you need a futures bet. I know it's off topic, but Gonzaga, Nets, Colts, hammer it. Take me later. We'll go get that Applebee's two for 20, and we're going to ball out, bro. All right. Well, I think we'll be able to play this audio clip back in a couple weeks after we see how March Madness goes and see who's right and who's wrong. You're actually going to post this? (laughs) (laughs) I I take it all back. I take it all back. But, yeah, uh, Farilo, thank you guys for coming on. It's been a really good time, and – Uh, Hopefully we can get you guys on again. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure.